What is adultitis? Adultitis, well, anyone who is a nurse can probably figure it out. It literally means swelling of the adult, which is sums it up. Because if you're walking around with too much adult, then you're going to have problems. But it's basically what happens when you grow up and forget what it was like to be a kid. And you have this condition that you're just sort of serious all the time, take yourself seriously, you uh, lose some of that natural curiosity that you had when you were a kid, and you just don't play as much. Welcome to the AllNurses.com podcast. So what are some of the signs and symptoms of the adultitis, and how many people are affected with this? Well, we have run tests at the Cure Adultitis Institute, and over 93% of people have some form of it, stage one, stage two, or it's rare, but full-blown adultitis is also a problem. But yeah, it's a, it's a pretty common thing. We all fluctuate. We all have it sometimes more than others, but it tends to uh, affect most people in life. And you could, it's sort of the thing that you, it's harder for adults to see it in each other, but kids can see it a mile away. Oscar the Grouch would be a good example of someone with adultitis. One of my favorite movies of all time is Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And if anyone has seen that and remembers the principal, Mr. Rooney, he had a really bad case of it. So, But it's pretty rare to have zero adultitis because as adults, we have things that stress us out. It's just a matter of how do we let that affect us in the long run. What is the um, average age of onset with adultitis? It usually hits once you get out in the real world. Once you get out of school, you get your first job, you get hit with rent and insurance and all the grown-up things. But my wife and I work together and we've noticed that there is juvenile adultitis. So you see kids who are you know, high achievers. They're involved in a lot of different extracurricular activities. They're uh, pressured to do well on tests and, and grades to get into good colleges. Sometimes those kids forget what it was like to be a kid and they're so focused on achievement. Sometimes it's a self-pressure, sometimes it's external, but it can really affect people at a pretty young age. So sometimes we might think that other adults in their lives, like their parents may help with the onset of adultitis. Unfortunately, yeah, that can be that can be the case. What are some of the starting symptoms? Well, if it's been a while since you've smiled or laughed or did something just for you, something fun, usually other people in your life will notice it in you before you do. So sometimes there'll be people dropping hints like maybe you shouldn't take that so seriously or let's not work extra today, let's go do something fun. And one thing that's kind of a challenge is people reserve, it's like you do the work and then you can have fun. And, the, and that's not a bad philosophy, but the problem is that there's always work to be done. And so sometimes that play never actually comes. And so uh, I think one of the, the best tips is, it sounds sort of weird that we would have to do this, but sometimes we have to schedule fun, schedule playtime, schedule downtime, because we schedule everything else in our lives, our meetings and professional obligations, that if we don't schedule the other stuff, the family time, it never actually happens. So that's one of the, the best tips is to carve that out, like what time of the week or uh, one of the things that, that was talked about in the luncheon today was how many nurses have so many accumulated vacation days 
banked that they're not taking. And one of the neat things about actually scheduling the vacation is the anticipation, because they say that the anticipation is sometimes the best part of looking forward to the trip. So if you get the vacation on the calendar, two months, three months, six months from now, now you have that much time to be like, being excited about it, looking forward to it, thinking where you're gonna go, where you're gonna eat, that kind of stuff. And so it extends the value of the time off even more so than the actual time off. As long as you follow through. Yeah, right. And actually do it. That's right. Book the non-refundable tickets, that's the key. Don't get called to work. Yes. You know, you, you just learn how to say mm -hmm. no. That's a, hard, that's a hard one, especially for people who are natural born caregivers, like nurses. What are some of the treatments then for adults? The idea of a secret hangout, secret hideout. So like superheroes, like Superman has Fortress of Solitude and Batman has a bat cave, but we all have somewhere that we go where time goes fast and stands still all at once. I don't know if you know what I mean, that idea like where you're just in the zone that time flies, but you're just so present. And so for me, it's as an artist, it's my studio. When I am painting, I'm in my happy place. My wife is walking in the woods by her house, getting involved in nature. For some people it might be a craft room or a fishing boat or a golf course. And so planning those times into your day, into your week is one of the best steps for fighting adultitis to make sure that you have that time where you're treating yourself a little bit. Sounds like it's something you have to keep at. It you is. You have to maintain. I, I always joke that I wish there was some sort of magic pill you could take and adultitis would be gone, but it's more of like maintaining a healthy diet where I wish I could eat spinach one day, that's it, and then eat pizza for the rest of my life, and unfortunately it doesn't work that way. So it's always one of those things you have to be mindful of. You know, we're human beings. We have uh, highs and lows and certain times are extremely stressful and when you're at Disney World you're not always that stressed and, and usually the adultitis isn't that far but as soon as you go back to work there it is so it's always something that it's about being mindful about and helping us navigate through the days. You mentioned about breaking rules. Yeah that's one of the things I talk about a lot is, is breaking rules and it's specifically rules that don't exist so not advocating breaking the speed limit or not paying taxes, but it's more about examining our lives for the things that we do because we've always done them that way, the things that sort of started out as routines that maybe have drifted into ruts. We may create a policy that serves us well, but then as things change, the policy maybe starts to work against us, so maybe that's a thing that can be changed or, or tweaked. But it's more about the kind of the habits that we fall into and the things that limit us from living our best life. So eating dessert first is one where like we were kids, we'd love to eat dessert first. And then somewhere along the line, mom or dad or grandma or grandpa says, no, that'll spoil your dinner, right? Which is, which is true and smart, but yet, we get it so ingrained that then now we have the opportunity today at the luncheon to eat dessert first. And a lot of people did, but there had to be a permission slip. There was a thing on the screen. There were the, uh, the uh, president gave everyone permission, but there were still people who didn't do it because you're just conditioned like, no, we're not supposed to do it that way. You mentioned uh, in your, your speech in there about what's really important about building a portfolio. You mentioned about your daughter. Mm and share those thoughts with us. 
How about when I was holding her in the rocking yes. chair? Yeah, so it, it it was when she was just born and uh, first first born and sitting in this rocking chair with her, and it was great. And then I would start to feel sort of this anxiety because I was just sitting there, and I had been a business owner for eight years before that without kids and was used to doing stuff, and so this moment of peace didn't feel all that peaceful in the moment. And then I had this moment of thinking, you know, when she's 20 years old, 30 years old, I'm not gonna remember all the things I had to check off my to-do list today. And so it sort of gave me permission to just, you know, chill out. I don't have to be busy doing all the time that this is actually the most important thing right now. And so being able to just have another you know, hour that I sat with her, just enjoying her, being with her, daydreaming a little bit. I think those are the things that as adults, we're too quick to move on to the next thing. We're quick to move on to our phone telling us what needs to be done next. And we're not as present in the moment. I think that's where adultitis does its best work is when it tricks us into all of this focus of busy, urgent, noisy things when the most important things are happening in our lives right under our noses every single day. And you mentioned that people have told you enjoy it because time flies. It, yeah, it and does. It's crazy because now, you know, I told that story, she was three months old and she's 10 now and it feels like she should be about two years old the way the time has gone. And so, uh, but I know I have that challenge. I'm sure a lot of people do that you think that the way things are now is how they're always going to be or they're gonna be that way for a long time. And so it's, it's important to be a reminder and that's kind of what I try to do is remind people of stuff they know, but it's easy to forget when you're just in survival mode. And my wife and I do this all the time. Like our kids are a certain age right now. This, like we're heading into summer. This is the last time that Lucy's gonna be 10 years old in the summer. This is the last seven-year-old Ben we're gonna get this summer and this is our last five-year-old Ginny and when you say it like that it really hits you you know because there are things we can do now with them that we couldn't do when they were younger but there are also things that won't be as maybe fun when they're in their teenage years and they're like whatever you know <laughs> so it's really about just giving people that constant reminder to appreciate the blessings that we have in our life now and and the perspective that, yeah, sometimes things are stressful. There's never going to be a time in our life where there is no stress. And so realizing that, that's like, okay, that's fine. So then let's just focus on, on what else is going on and the good things that are going on as well. Now you have a website. Mm -hmm. And what is that website? The website is escapeadulthood.com. And I love, I love when I check into a hotel and they want your website. And I say, Jason, at escapeadulthood.com. Everyone's always like, Oh, that's what I need right now, you know? I'm like, check out the website, so. How yeah. did you get started? Well, it's interesting. I went to school to be an artist. I've always been an artist. I've always loved to draw. I ended up making a comic strip and comic characters as a way to win over my wife. And I drew these characters of what we look like as kids and would give them to her on gifts. And I did that for about six or seven years and got asked to do cartooning workshops in schools where I would come in and teach kids how to write a comic strip joke, how to do the, the inking and all that. And I got pretty good at that, but it, was, it really took a lot out of me. But then there was a church 
that invited me to come do a similar program, but the whole family would be there and they wanted me to incorporate a message. And after that program, there was a dad who came up to me and he shook my hand and he said, thanks for being here, I really like that. Which for a guy to say that is like him standing on a chair, you know, standing ovation, because guys don't usually show their emotion. So I knew right then, like I rather would talk to the adults, the parents, the grandparents. My wife at that time was a kindergarten teacher, and so she was working with kids, and we both kind of felt this call that we could probably have a bigger impact on kids if we focused on the people who were taking care of the kids, the grandparents and the parents and aunts and uncles. And, and so that, that's where it started. And then from churches, we got into educational conferences and healthcare conferences, and I, I love it, because I've been able to incorporate my artwork into my presentations and tell the stories behind them. And it helps uh, enforce the message. Having that visual component helps remind people of some of the stories and messages that I talk about. So it's been really cool. What is your most important message you want to get out of Oh boy, most important message. I have I spent a lot of time talking at a lot of things, but I would say it sounds pretty, pretty cliche, but like, we tend to forget what's important in life. I think we get so caught up, whether it's the media or marketing messages, commercials we hear, or just watching our neighbor and seeing them achieve certain things that we, we end up playing a game that we don't intend on playing. And so we start to try to achieve things that if we were really honest with ourselves, we wouldn't care all that much about because we're busy comparing ourselves to other people and other people's stories. And I think if we could just be a little bit more mindful about how we want our life to go and what's important to us and what matters to us, it, it would make life a lot easier because most of the stress and most of the pressure comes from trying to live a story or play a game that really doesn't matter to us all that much. So for instance, like I'm as a speaker, I have colleagues who speak all over the place and they may be on the road 200 days a year and they might be bragging about all the different places they're going to. And it makes me feel like maybe I should be doing that. But then I go back to like, but if I'm gone on the road 200 days a year, I'm not, I'm not with my family. And so we have a very hard cap of how many speaking engagements I'll take. And that limits our income, that limits maybe some of the other accolades I could get, but it, it's, it's the most important thing to us right now. We actually have in our contract a bedtime scorey discount. That if, if I can go do a speaking engagement and be back in time that day to do a bedtime story with my kids, it doesn't cost as much money as if I have to go on a plane and be gone for three days. So that's a long way of saying, yeah. I guess I really, I just, I just wish people were a little bit more mindful of how they wanted their life to go and make decisions based on that. I think some people measure their value in dollars mm. rather than the richness in, a, in relationships that they have yes. where they should be concentrating because you mentioned then there you're not going to remember when you're dying and you're going to think about all those other things you mentioned yeah people yeah it's really easy to get caught up in money accolades job title letters after your name whatever that is because you can get you get rewarded for that. No one gives you a standing ovation for being a good parent. No one gives you a standing ovation for having a great relationship with your significant other. 
And so it's easy to chase kind of the other things that are a little bit more glitzy and glamorous. Being a good parent, building a great relationship takes a long time your and a lot of effort. Will come when your child, your children get old enough to say, gee, thanks, Dad. I hope so. I can say that about my parents, that's yeah. for sure. I was very blessed. Well, before we go, tell us about your book. Yeah, so this book is uh, Penguins Can't Fly and 39 Other Rules That Don't Exist. So uh, this was some of the collection that I put together of some of the more common rules that don't exist that we follow. And it was really meant to be uh, a primer for people to start thinking about the ones in their own lives. But one of the things I love about it is as an artist, of course, I have, have my artwork in it. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different artwork. And it's kind of uh, another rule that's not in here is that only kids get the books with pictures. I think, why, why is that? Adults, we should have pictures in our books too. It's a fun little book, uh, put a lot of heart and soul into it and gotten some great feedback from it.